Welcome to the Unchained Podcast. This is a space where we talk openly about topics that are typically seen as taboo in casual conversation. We want to remove barriers for people to share their stories without fear. Hi guys, welcome to the Unshamed Podcast. And today we have a really, really cool topic. We're actually going to talk about porn and human trafficking. Um, and it's not going to be your typical conversation about that. So, because a lot of people don't really talk about the shame behind those two things. Um, and, you know, like real life what's kind of going on behind the scenes with all that. So today we're talking with Kinsey Pentecost. And Kinsey and I, we don't go way back. We know each other a little bit through church here in Ireland. We went to the same church and kind of know the same people. And it just so happens that she's like an expert about about these two subjects. Um, and so I'll just intro her really quick so you kind of know who is talking to you today. Um, she is an author international speaker, an advocate, and a podcast host. And she's from Florida. She's from the USA. Uh, So she wears a lot of hats and does a lot of things. She's also a coach and the CMO for It Works. It's it's, um, an international skincare and wellness company that they're based in the US. Um, She's got a husband named Connor, uh, who's also who's Irish, which is cool. Um, But her whole thing is about mind, body and purpose. And uh, she's um, she does a, her own podcast called The Balance Girl. Uh, we'll, I'll talk about that later. I'll, in fact, um, put some details down below so you can see it. Um, it's on Spotify, Google, and Apple. And um, she's also wrote a cookbook. Lots of things. Kinsey, you are busy. <laughs> you wear multiple hats. You've got lots of plates spinning, but also unusually balanced for all the plates you're spinning. Um, but why is she here today? She's here today because... One of Kinsey's big purposes in life is fighting to end human trafficking. Um, she has a master's degree in criminal justice, and she serves on the board of the National Center for Sexual Exploitation in the States. Um, so she's done lots of training for organizations, um, including a video for Zoe Community Volunteers, which is pretty cool. Um, so, Kinsey, welcome. That was your long introduction. <laughs> um, Thank well- you. Yes. Welcome. And can you tell us why um, you got interested in bringing awareness to all this um, about the porn industry and human trafficking? I love that you're asking me that. First of all, Katie, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, I get real fired up when people let me talk about porn and human trafficking and um, this will age me a little bit, but um, my goodness, we really <laughs> never connected porn and human trafficking ever, ever, ever. And so I'm probably going to be doing a lot of spoiler alerts today during the podcast. And I just get so excited. Um, I, when I was 13, God placed this on my heart, really just to become a voice for the voiceless. I read a book called Princess. And um, it was about a woman who didn't have a voice and she was enslaved. And so I can remember starting to get this justice in my belly um, and really wanting to um, learn about this. And, and I can say what I thought I knew and then what I learned were completely opposite. Wow. I knew nothing about pornography growing up. Gone are the days where people used to find out about porn through their dad's stash of Playboy magazine. <laughs> and now we have these. Um, little phones uh, that are very powerful, and um, I'm excited to be here today 
I would say porn has played a big role in my life because of um, I, I had a partner that was addicted to porn, and I also had a um, family member that was addicted to porn, and both of those led down some really scary paths. So um, that got me excited to learn, but never did I think I was going to learn about the connection between pornography and sexual exploitation and human trafficking. Wow, it's not something you hear a lot today. Today we kind of get the message that um, porn is healthy, it's good, it's something that um, is liberating and feminist. Um, and you know, we have that on one side, and then the, on the other side too, you have this um, idea that it's only guys looking at porn. Is um, mm. Do you feel like that's still um, a, I guess, um, a common thing people are thinking today? Or do you think that people are aware that most, a lot of people, everybody, men, women are looking at porn? Or who do you think? You know, it, it's interesting, Katie, because in 2006, um, 68% of porn consumers were uh, men. Um, okay. And and really, um, they you know we could only come up with around thirteen percent were women, mm -hmm. and um, I know that statistic doesn't equal a hundred percent, but mm -hmm. that's because a lot of it is unknown. Right. Um, but now, um, you know, porn is a billion dollar industry, mm -hmm. and um, just within the last few years, women are 113% more likely to search the term hardcore than men. Wow. They're also over 105% more likely to seek out more intense genres of porn, like gangbang, rough sex. See, I'm just going right in, Katie. Go it, go it. <laughs> yeah. I think we try to distance ourselves from it or not talk about it. You know, um, I went from being a college student to speaking in law schools, and the ki the college kids um, were not ashamed or afraid to say, Miss Kinsey, what kind of porn is safe? What kind of porn should I, can I watch? Because I love porn. And I thought, whoa, um, I don't ever remember that topic in my friendship zones anywhere um, for women. You know, and, and now we see um, one out of four women are looking at porn and one out of three men are looking at porn. So it, it's definitely a spoiler alert that everyone and anyone and really – What's interesting, Katie, is mainstream media has become why we're so immune to it, why we're so looking for that next thing, because we call it entertainment. Right. And so really, we're looking at um, entertainment on TV. And um, next thing you know, um, Game of Thrones is a great example. So Game of Thrones, I can remember youth group leaders saying, oh, we're watching it with our youth group. And it became so normal. And Really, that show, um, what it did was what started being the number one search um, because of that show was sibling porn, mm. um, family porn, like crazy stuff that was like, we would never think, oh, that's so sexy. But we just glamorized on TV a brother and sister who are good looking people having good looking children, having sex, having children. And, mm. and now we're wanting more, a little mm. bit more of a taste where yeah. that kind of stuff was never even shown in magazines before and we called it soft porn so wow. you're getting that um more intense porn on tv and and it's making it that much easier to jump online and jump into that hardcore genre of porn mm -hmm. yeah do you think that increasingly hardcore porn is contributing to shame and how people consume porn you know i 
I really think we're moving into, um, I'm starting to see some really hopeful things. So I'm starting to see um, artists um, come forward and talk about um, what kind of impact porn had on them. And I think um, what we can do society-wise um, is we can say this is a Christian issue or a moral issue, and it's not. Mm-hmm. This is science. What porn does to your brain mm-hmm. um, is the same impact as drugs. And mm-hmm. so I think we're starting to learn that as you um, connect to an object, such mm-hmm. as your um, phone or your computer or your device, whatever, however you're viewing porn, you're connecting to an object. It's, it's making people either um, not satisfied and moving on towards, um, you know, affairs, prostitutes, you know, yeah. hardcore things that we see people with porn addictions go for. Or some people can say, well, you know, I look at porn and I don't have all that. Well, I would say, how's your connection with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Mm. Um, because a lot of times, or husband or wife, or, you know, what's that connection? Because a lot of times there isn't a connection there. You you lose that connection through porn. So I think where shame comes in is um, it sets in early. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, people say to me all the time, how can I be a part of the solution? I think parents have more shame than kids. You know, kids learn from their parents about shame or we don't talk about that. And they learn that. And so the younger you can have conversations about porn and what it does to you and your love and mm-hmm. connection with the, um, with your partner, mm-hmm. I think that's where our conversations have to turn with pornography. Yeah. And not that it's good or bad, but oh my goodness, it's going to impact your love life. It's yeah. gonna. It's really gonna impact your connection, yeah. and and that's not even getting into who we're supporting by looking at porn, which right. we'll get to. Yeah, we will. I mean, let's dig into that a little bit more because I mean, there's a new movie that is like I think is just come out. Um, I think it's called Sharp Stick. I can't remember um, who's in it or anything, but it's a movie about. It kind of celebrates porn, and um, it kind of got me thinking on that whole idea that. You know, um, if sex is just biology, it's nothing more. Why should I care if I watch people doing it? Um, you know, I guess maybe we can talk a little bit more about um, the movement of trying to promote porn as healthy, liberating, and feminist versus something that would be damaging. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I don't know. You know, I, I've been a part of a lot of conversations with, um, you know, it's a choice sex workers mm-hmm. versus sex slaves, those kinds of conversations. Right. Um, for pornography, um, I just think we're beginning to become on the cusp of people starting to come forward and start talking about how it's impacted them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cardi B just came out. There's a few different people who have just come out, and I'm so excited. Oh, I, when I see things like this, I go, mm, yeah, okay. It's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, before there's a whistleblower or, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Me Too movement. Right. Um, the Me Too it's not, women were coming forward forever talking about it. They were just hushed. They just weren't listened to. Yeah. And thank God we've gotten to a space where women are being heard and listened to. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of violence against women. We're taught to walk home with a partner, safety first, you know, all these things. We're not working on the men. Stop aggressively abusing and exploiting and going after women we literally talk to the women how they can be safe not the men how do you swap that so it's the same thing with porn when i watch something like this it's really hard for me not to start 
um, talking back to the TV. Um, but I, I, I just have to say it's just not true. And I think, um, you know, that's the number one thing that Hugh Hefner wanted our, our world to believe, that mm. it's fun. I mean, look at what was out there, that Playboy Bunny show. And it had the girls and living the dream. And girls grew up wanting to be a playmate. They were mm-hmm. like, look at they're living in this mansion. Just now, just now, 2022, are we talking about what actually happened in that mansion and how those women were slaves and it was torture and it was horrible. It's the same as the porn industry. Mm-hmm. We're just now hearing about how women are violently raped, sexually abused, assaulted, exploited in the porn industry. Mm-hmm. We're just now starting to hear about this because even – as I said, like the Me Too movement, these people were coming forward. They're just called liars. You did it to yourself. You volunteered to be in a porn, um, but you didn't know you were going to get gangbanged by 10 guys, you know. Yeah. So there's so many things that the world will have come out where if you want to believe that, you're going to watch something like that and say, see, but there's so much coming out about porn, what it does to you, what it does to your connection um and i would say are you going to be that person that's going to try crack cocaine and try to not be addicted to it that's what i would yeah i feel like that is a really good analogy um let's talk about more about how porn connects with human trafficking and I guess that's my big question. How does it connect? For some skeptic out there who's like, oh, it's fine, it's harmless, or people who choose to get into this, how connected is porn to, to trafficking? Yeah, so I would say that I'm not specifically claiming that all porn is non-consensual um, or human trafficking. So mm-hmm. I'll start there by saying that mm-hmm. um, because there's no way I can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would just say... Um, you know, sex trafficking by nature is an underground issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the same that you get with porn. So when you're talking about sex trafficking, you know, let's start by what is sex trafficking? It's officially defined as modern day form of slavery in which commercial sex act, act is happening through force, fraud, or coercion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really what's funny is it, it our definition usually says um, by someone under the age of 18. It's crazy how many people over the age of 18 are being trafficked. Um, But I just want to start there with that Mm. um, definition. Um, So obviously by any instance in which individual um, on screen, so through pornography was forced, tricked, pressured. Listen to these words, pressured. Um, That means that trafficking is in the porn industry and it's so much more common. You know, when I talk to porn, I've talked to a lot of um, porn stars and um, ex-porn producers who said all we had to do was get them in the door. All we had to do is get them to sign a form saying they were comfortable with maybe um, oral sex. And the next thing you know, there's this um, story I was just reading actually this morning about a porn star who came out publicly and she came out in 2019 to press charges because she was just asked, she believed that the producers and all the men there were her friends. Wow. She believed that. And, and what ended up happening was they asked her to fill in for someone. And next thing you know, she's getting graphically, graphically um, raped. And when she went to the police, she was basically laughed at because she is a porn star and signed forms. And so 
it, it can be um, a lot easier to be pressured or tricked in the porn industry. And I would say it's also on the flip side, that's once you get into porn, but on the flip side, the grooming that happens for sex trafficking victims. So who the, um, like anybody that's a trafficker going after a trafficking person who they're going to end up trafficking, they, they are looking for the ones that are groomed. And this is why porn is now going after our children. Mm-hmm. They're going after our children. There's statistics on how many children are looking at porn is, is um, really, really scary. I mean, recent research uh, said that kids under the age of 10 now account for 22% of porn consumption. And I'm like, you know, and it keeps getting lower and lower. You know, they're saying by the age of four to five years old, a boy will be subjected to his first hardcore porn. Wow. So what what it's doing is it's starting, you got to talk about who's buying this, who's looking at this, Mm -hmm. who are they going after? It's a grooming place for girls and boys to know boys are learning aggressive girls are watching it and thinking that's what I'm supposed to do yes and it's all introduced by people you know Mm. gone are the days that it's a stranger Mm -hmm. it is someone you know someone you trust who's subjecting you to what this looks like so we're first of all there's two sides to it we're growing up in a world where we're seeing it and not being talked about, which that's where shame comes in. Mm. You know, I, I say to so many parents, have you talked to your kid? Mm. No. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the first one. I, these are the two things there. I don't want to be the first one to tell them. Meaning, they don't want to tell them too soon. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you don't tell them, yeah. someone else is going to show them or tell them. And then they're not going to know that to come talk to you. Yeah. So if we as parents or um, people that are in children's life and we're entrusted with these conversations can say, oh, you're going to see this. And when you do, I want you to come talk to me. Come mm-hmm. talk to me. You know, the other is that parents are embarrassed. They don't want to talk about it. There's mm-hmm. so many good resources. If you go to um, my website, kinseypentecost.com, I, I give you books to start reading at what age. You know, one of them, um, when they're, I think, three to five, one, seven to eight, and obviously the conversations start really, really junior. They're not yeah. <laughs> on some of the topics I'm on today. But um, I think talking to our children and understanding that our children are being groomed mm. to be trafficked, to be part, sexually exploited. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't just end up your kids on a boat to France being trafficked at parties. You know, right. um, yeah. it, it really is. It looks so different. Yeah, I have an eight year old and I frequently give him the, you know, internet speech, even though he's only on kids YouTube and has a bunch of controls on and everything, but still, you know, and then he always looks at me like, why would someone do that to a child? Or like, why would someone, you know, um, he he almost looks at me like, are you serious? And I'm and I have, you know, I give him the watered down version of what he needs to know. But it's always it always breaks my heart that I have to tell him that stuff, you know, but. Well, you just said something really important, Katie. Is um, your child is not developed yet to understand why these things can happen. But right. what's important is that you're having these conversations, and and that's a, another thing that um, I I love is 
parents will say, well, at some point you have to trust your kids. I just had a conversation with a mom the other day who has an 11-year-old girl, mm -hmm. and she said, I don't want her to be left out. She's the only one without an iPhone. And at some point I have to trust her. What is key for parents to know and understand is our children's brains aren't developed. No. Getting full control of their life when they're 18 is for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say, you know, even having these conversations with, when we're handing them devices and things that um, kids can be exploited on, what, what happens is it's all deceptive. You know, mm -hmm. then, and kids don't understand this. And so having those conversations that they're going to pretend to be your friend. Mm -hmm. They're going to pretend to be in your class. They're mm -hmm. trying to get information about, you know, what uh, school colors do you have? Because that's, they're going to figure out what school zone you're in, mm -hmm. what, you know, and, and become your friend first. So mm -hmm. I think for kids, it's important to have those conversations about, um, you know, that it doesn't look like a scary, you know, I tell people this mm -hmm. all the time. We used to, you used to have a porn shop or the creepy old man next door who everyone knew, you know, he was a predator or whatever, creepy van. Now it's in your own home. Mm. That creepy man lives in your home. It's on your phone. Yeah. The creepy old man is here. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying never, ever, ever go play at that kid's house, mm. we're saying here, here's the creepy old man and try to not talk to him, but I can't really tell you where he's at. <laughs> you know, so I think understanding the creepy old man now lives in our phone. Mm. And when we hand it to him, our kids aren't ready to fight that battle. Yeah. Wow. That is a really good um, way of thinking about it, that it we are inviting kind of, I guess, creepy people into our house. And how do we, how do we filter things out and sift things out? Um, but I guess what we need to talk to you, talk about now, shifting gears a little bit, is, um, you know, what do I do now, like with this information? And, you know, and I think there's a lot of people out there who might, they might struggle with feeling like they have to look at porn all the time, that it's, it feels like an addiction. They might not call it an addiction, but it, it does feel like that. And, um, you know, they, they feel like they want to stop. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, but maybe because it is harming their relationships. But what if someone says, what if I, I look at, I look at porn, but I feel like I want to stop. How do I do that? There are so many great, great um, organizations that help. I would say for kids, um, one of my favorite um, groups is called fight the new drug. Okay. Um, and that's going to be a great place to really, um, get help if it's for a child mm -hmm. or um, I, I got a lot of parents talking to me about my kids looking at porn and I need help. And so for resources for children, I would say fight the new drug. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would also say, obviously, Katie, you can give out my information. I have no problem giving referrals. Okay. Um, I, I would say end exploitation is one of the groups I work with. Pretty much they were one of the lead um, groups on porn back in the day. It used to be called Porn Harm, uh -huh. and they changed their name once they realized how they couldn't deny it was connected and really um, strongly exploitation and trafficking, um, mm -hmm. that we couldn't separate those things. So they have a lot of good resources as well. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is I would say, oh my gosh, talk about it to someone you feel safe about. Yeah. Because as adults, we think nobody else is experiencing this and it's either over-sexualized in the secular world, it's everybody's doing it, or once you're really in it, you're like, oh, well, maybe everyone is doing it, but I feel bad for saying I have a problem with it. Um, yeah. and, and finding that person, 
you trust because I do believe once we say it out loud, it loses its power. And um, it's with any kind of addiction or something you want to stop. And I also think people struggle with the word addiction. Mm -hmm. So I use that lightly because I do believe there are um, a lot of uh, repercussions for looking at porn and you can become healthier and stronger without it. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, opening up yourself to getting it out of your life is huge and you don't have to put an addiction on your label if you're feeling like you just oh, want yeah. out of your life but you're not. That's, that would be something really powerful for somebody to hear, you know, that they might be struggling with something, but don't want to label themselves as an addict. And you mentioned something just a second ago, um, about how you know, almost damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of a situation where like, you know, you've got one extreme of people who would be like, why are you apologizing for that? Why are you trying to stop doing that? You know, it seems fine. It is fine. And then you've got the other extreme of people who would, you know, chastise you and be like oh my gosh you're such a sinner blah 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 so where do you turn it's almost like when people have had um a pregnancy termination and they don't know where to go if they feel not right about it because one side would do kind of the same thing the other would do the other um so yeah. it is finding those safe people to talk to people who are not going to criticize you but will help you get the help that you are looking for not the help that they think you should look for you know um switching gears yet again um let's talk about the whole the trafficking thing you know if somebody's listening and they they think like they themselves or maybe like their kid or you know friend or somebody is being trafficked they suspect that what should they do yeah well you know a huge thing i will say to people is um the first thing kids adults whoever would be involved in a relationship that most of the time it doesn't feel like trafficking it mm -hmm. could because they're trained groomed um they've got a connection to the person um again i want to really um strongly say it's it's not stranger trafficking that we're seeing right it's uh whether it's a woman or a man in someone's life connecting them into this world it starts very slowly. They're professional frauds, mm -hmm. professional. Um, they, they have a fake world, um, and they know exactly what they're doing to bring you into that world. And so I would say um, for myself, what's important with a friend, a child, um, anybody you know who you're starting to get red flags, what it can look like is a bad boyfriend, mm -hmm. a bad girlfriend, mm -hmm. a bad friend. Um, and, and you just start to notice. And so I think the biggest thing is um, I've, I've had a lot of um, talks with um, teenager college and just saying, you know, what's popping up more is girls that didn't have childhood trauma and really just got into their first. Imagine how you feel when you first fall in love. You're like, I would do anything. I'll get in trouble. I'll sneak out. You really have this euphoria of I love this person. And so those feelings, um, you, you end up maybe doing things that you wouldn't necessarily um, be proud of or want to share, maybe it's sexually. Um, and so you start to keep secrets. And so I think just being that person to that friend or whoever you happen to know or start seeing signs is really wanting to leave that relationship in a space where you're not judging you're someone that's safe that they can come talk to yeah that you can look at them and say 
I don't care what you're doing. I don't care at all. I just want you to be able to talk to me because the first thing that the trafficker wants this person to do is cut off every single relationship mm. and, and they give them reason to, you know, look, they're judging you. Look, they don't, you know. So I think just having that space, um, some of my things, some of the tools in, um, that I teach is very simple. And it's funny when people want to get involved with ending trafficking, they want to be like, I'm going to volunteer in a safe home with kids or with adults and I'm going to save the world. And I'm like, do you talk to your children about this? No. Mm. I'm like, let's start there. Let's start there. Because yeah. I can tell you when you get into safe homes that 90% die. There's a less than 8% success of someone coming out of trafficking. Mm. That's a really hard statistic. But if we start when they're kids mm-hmm. and we start having these conversations about porn, exploitation, mm-hmm. what to look for, um, you really are, we're going to be in a better space. I mean, right now, um, the most common pre-existing conditions for um, sex trafficking, it's become easier and easier and easier. They're looking for runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for kids in foster care, mm-hmm. substance abuse, maybe experiencing some kind of homelessness. Mm-hmm. If they've been trafficked in the past, woo, it's, they get swooped up, swooped up. They have something on them that a trafficker can see. Yeah. Um, and, and so those are, but that's not it. We're now moving into a space um, where you, you talk about some of these pre-exposed things. It, it, you're not just a good parent anymore because, unfortunately, social media. Mm-hmm. So I think those are um, some of my first topics of if you're seeing it. I mean, there's a human trafficking hotline that you can call with. Um, you can Google the number, but immense resources. Again, you can always message me. Yes. Um, I've been messaged a lot with um, somebody that knows someone who's being trafficked. Yeah. Well, Kinsey, that was a lot of information, a lot of, I mean, valuable stuff. I mean, I'm even going to, there's a couple things you mentioned there that I'm going to add to my, um, add to my internet speech. (laughs) And, you know, whenever, um, also just being, um, the knowledge that somebody just needs for you to step back and, um, be completely okay with whatever they want to tell you about their relationship you know, if, if you suspect they might be being trafficked, you know, it's so important to be like somebody who is not going to be aggressive towards them, but just going to be welcoming for whatever they're going to say. Um, but yeah, I thank you so much for your time and for telling everybody what to do and how to prepare and all this good stuff. And, um, you guys, if you want to find out more about Kinsey and message her if you need to or anything, um, go to her website. It's KinseyPentecost.com. And uh, you can find her on Instagram as well. It's also Kinsey Pentecost, <laughs> one word. And um, yes, I think that's about it for us today. Um, Kinsey, did you have any final words to share with any anybody? Or Yeah, it, it can be really heavy. And I'd, I'd love to just end. Um, I do do monthly calls. Mm-hmm. where I update parents um, with new tech companies and um, how you can be involved to end human trafficking, but just being aware of how it's happening in our world. So okay. I'd love to stay connected. And um, mm-hmm. it can be simple if we talk more mm-hmm. about it and don't let shame creep in there. So yeah. I hope people are encouraged. And mm-hmm. Katie, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It means the world to be able oh. to speak about this. It was so good. And you guys, listen, if you want to hear Kenzie talk uh, more on her podcast, The Balanced Girl, 
make sure you go to that. And again, I'll put all the relevant details below so you can see um, how to get her, her website and podcast and all that good stuff and to sign up for um, the monthly call about human trafficking too. Um, but that is it for today. Um, we'll see you guys again next time. And until then, keep living unshamed. Thanks for listening to Unshamed. If you like this podcast and want others to be able to easily find it, like, subscribe, and share to your social media. You can find us everywhere you like to listen to podcasts. If you want to send us a message, email us at unshamed at zoecommunity.ie.